You're listening to the Fortnite Podcast with your hosts, Monster Deface and Michael Pan. Available on Spotify, Apple Music, and all other podcast streaming platforms. What up, what up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the Fortnite Podcast. Your boys here, Monster Deface, and of course, my guy, Life with Panda. What's up, baby? Hey, man, it's good to be back. Good to be consistent. You already know, second episode back after a little three-month hiatus. And uh, we're booming, aren't we? Yeah, it feels good, man. Yo, shout out to everyone that picked up the downloads. Uh, we're just approaching 4,000 for our return episode. So, hey, man, if I could give you guys a virtual clap, that's what I'm doing right now. Virtual clapping <laughs> for you all. Uh, thank you guys for our listeners at home, Spotify, Dash Radio, Apple Music, everywhere that you guys tune into our growing Spotify audience. We appreciate you all. Uh, yeah, just it feels good to be back. And not only that, we're back with a bang. Before we jump into all the changes and the new stuff. I just want to talk to you, Panda. Like, like, how was it? How, how have your last couple of weeks been? I know we were on the, you know, the stage cast and all that good stuff. How's everything? It's been good, man. Um, it, it was actually a really interesting experience for me over the weekend. Uh, obviously, if you don't know, at for those at home, we had a, a blast actually support the Grand Royale. So their process and the way that they they handle things, like between broadcast kits being sent out and and the way they handle things behind the scenes and and utilizing like more really focused like AV support, it was it was very unique to me. So it was a cool experience overall. And honestly, Grand Royale, it was so amazing. Such a good weekend. Yeah, looking back, I had the huge suitcase of like equipment they sent out to us as talent. And uh, <laughs> as much as I love setting some of it up, like my back hurts right now. So I don't know if I, I pulled the muscles trying to do some weird, like reset the Elgato light. So like, it, you know, I had a good experience, but at the same time, I'm paying the price right now, guys, for the cool equipment that they sent to us here. Uh, hopefully things start to settle down. I took two Tylenols this morning. So, you know, trying to trying to get over it. But yeah, definitely pull the back muscle setting this up. I, I guess that just means I'm being, uh, I'm getting old, brother. Hey, listen, I, I'm right there with you. Fortunately, <laughs> Well, I guess fortunately, unfortunately for me, like I didn't get the full broadcast kit because of customs and other crazy stuff, but I had most of the equipment that they already were using, right? Like I had the lights, the camera that we was sent out was actually the camera I've been using. What? The, the Black Magic Pocket 6K and the same lens that they sent out. And I had a GoXLR. So it was like, I had everything that they needed. The only thing I was missing was like a little switcher or whatever that they sent, but regardless, and the headset. But uh, they were able to send the headset out, and, and I still made it work. But it was so cool to see. I actually, it's crazy enough, the broadcast kit from Customs just got here today. That's crazy. Well, listen, yeah. uh, I'm going to need to talk to you after this show's over. So I don't want the pricing of the Black Magic and the lens. It's all fire. Uh, so oh, some really you, cool man. stuff. Yeah, definitely want to check it out, man. It was kind of an eye-opener. I thought my Sony camera was dope. And then I picked up that, like, monstrosity of a sized camera. Like, it was really cool. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, all right, let's get, let's, get into the, uh, let's get into the fun stuff here, man. Grand Royale, we talked about it. We teased about it. It happened. But it was very unique. It was probably the, no, it was factually the biggest event since World Cup in remote settings. Um, hashtag Fortnite has uh, confirmed that themselves. It was one of the yeah. you know, little fun facts that was flying around. But also, like, the pricing was superior to anything we had all year long. And not only that, the actual content of what was delivered throughout the Grand Royale weekend, uh, weekend was Made it such a memorable one to be a part of on a talent level. And, of course, you know, just, just for the comp scene in general. So let's just talk about it, man. Let's, let's get into the what was what was bad about it, I guess, because we kind of we're kind of hyping it up. But I feel like there was yeah. there was a, there was a lot of negative that came with this, too. Right. 
Yeah, I think um, we have to look at it from from the perspective of the players here for a moment, because obviously all that we've talked about up until this point was like our talent perspective, right? Like how cool it was to be on the on the broadcast and the difference in, in production that they put into it. Exactly that 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 spoiled side of it. But for the players going into the qualifier weekend, it was a pretty rough weekend for some players, and and I I was reading somewhere that it was like ten plus hour days for these players to play video games, like. And while obviously you have to remember they're probably putting in eight to 10 hours a day anyway, playing the game, they're not doing it at like high stress levels in a qualifier situation. So for the qualifiers, for those at home that don't understand, uh, it was a, a bit of a, a different setup. So there was like a, I, I can't even really like break it down. There was uh, two I different know I know ladders. I'll, I'll let monster take, take away the actual names and stuff of the process because it was so unique but it was definitely exhausting for the players yeah i'll give you guys the too long don't read and what made this such a stressful tournament qualifier to be a part of so out the gate um the finalists that were invited to or i guess the semi-finalists that were invited to play in the rounds you had to have made a finals in the past so that alone is like ridiculous or was it a heat so you had to make a heats and above in the past so basically yeah, you have to have already been an extremely good player and a proven player throughout the year in order to get invited to the grand royale moving past that you were able to create a team with anyone that was also not a finalist or a, a heats round four player so so new teams were pretty much formulating and we had a boatload of players basically across each of the regions kind of increasing yeah. the player cap um, and then when it came down to the actual qualifiers, you had to qual out of the open round into the semis, essentially. And if you got there, there was eight rounds of reboot style games and four sessions. So a total of 32 reboot round game opportunities if you did not qualify out of the top seeding spots originally. So what was happening was you had players playing eight games of Fortnite, which, by the way, just casting six games is exhausting. Eight games is an extra, you say, additional hour on top of that. So we're talking, like, at minimal, four and a half hours of high stressful, high impact on your mental type games. It is exhausting. So that, coupled along with the fact that if you didn't win a game out of your reboot round style games, you essentially had to go again in the next session, which was happening basically right afterwards uh, for two days yeah. straight. So you had teams having these 16 game days, which on just a raw gaming, like raw in-game hours, rounds out to about eight hours and maybe 30 minutes of like in-game time. The buffer in between, of course, a couple minutes makes it about nine hours of total like wait time and then the hour between the game sessions. So that is what amounted to the full 10-hour days for two days in a row. And yes, there were multiple teams that played 20 hours of worth of games of Fortnite in two days and did not win a game and were not the most quote unquote singular consistent team to actually call the finals. So it was extremely stressful and the timeline was bleeding salt, like just yeah. bleeding salt. Yeah. And I have opinions on this, right? Like I agree, like the format probably isn't something that should be revisited or, or done again, right? And obviously, we even saw in the announcements, which we'll get into in a little bit as well, that there are changes to the format. There's a, a better balance of it, right? But this weekend, or that weekend of qualifiers, while it was stressful, I think the timeline took 
the the wrong approach about 80 percent. let me say that about 80 percent of the timeline took the wrong approach right when when the community has these feedback uh feedback for fortnite about what they're doing if you want them to like listen and truly connect mind you this is separate like epic hasn't told us this is what you say or, or anything like that but but if you really want to connect with fortnite and, and have your opinion be heard you have to do it constructively one of the things I noticed on the timeline, and it was coming from org owners and, and more, like, they were literally coming out and, and, and just calling, like, the Fortnite employees dumb, brain dead, like, just saying crazy stuff. And obviously, like, we kind of expect it from the, the younger audience, the kids in the scene. But when you have, like, org owners, like, actual adults uh, saying the same sentiment, you have to, like, take a step back and realize, well, guess what, guys, like... This isn't the way. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to actually scroll through here because uh, most most notably the 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 org order that comes to mind are like one of the few uh, is becoming legends. They're I, I would say industry leaders in the space right now for Fortnite, and they've done nothing but just exceptional exceptional delivery of their influencers, packaging their their org up and, and creating just honestly downright amazing content for the scene on the EU side. Uh, but Reno, the org, the org owner over there, he he was definitely coming at pretty much the heads of Epic um, in what was almost seemingly out of character for him because he's a relatively uh, tempered person. He is very respect uh, respective for the most part. Uh, but yeah, he was he was just basically speaking quite frankly, like this is terrible. This is this should be revisited. He almost just wanted to. Uh, I, I think it was something along the lines of like Epic, you should know better than to have put these players in such taxing situations like Fortnite is not a regular game like and he was just pretty much saying like shame on you guys for creating such a terrible format um from the outside that just looking in you could just tell out the gate and then you know long behold the players play it and yeah it was it was pretty bad yeah it was definitely rough i think um like you said like reno he he is usually a pretty constructive person right when it comes to like feedback and and the impact on his players and the impact that he's having on the community. Um, but he just, I think he lost it. Like he was just upset. And, and, and I think rightfully so in some ways, but it really comes down to how you channel that, that, that criticism or that feedback in the right way. Because again, Fortnite's doing a lot of things right that I think a lot of places aren't. I think, uh, again, it's one of the only open track systems, Halo being the newest addition to, to open track tournaments, but there's not many other open tournaments that, that allow you the opportunities that you do. Now, obviously, Fortnite is not invincible, right? They, they, make, they have missteps. We saw it with this Grand uh, Royale Qualifier Weekend, but it really boils down to what you do and how you communicate that feedback because Fortnite is trying. You, we even saw just a, like a month ago where... They were publicly trying to hire somebody that's kind of like the like the head of not the head of comp, but like the face of competitive communicating like community sentiment to Epic and trying to make things happen for the community. So Epic is definitely trying. I, I think we cannot just say blatantly that they're they don't care, right? But there there are some ways to improve it, and we definitely saw it this that weekend. Yeah, so I found one of the videos here. Um, I think I can play it out, and you guys at home can listen to it because my desktop audio should be captured. So I'm going to go ahead and attempt this. And if you guys 
Actually, no, it's not working. So, unfortunately, I can't play it. But I'm going to go ahead and read some of the comments off of that. Because Bala CW, hey, you guys might remember him, the competitive GOAT himself, jumped on top of this. And he basically said, after Reno said the video, and, and then commented this. So, I'm going to read Reno's comment first. He said, I'm also super grateful for the tournaments hosted and having the opportunity to compete so often for major prizes. But let's not do it like this. This is after, basically, he comes at you know, Fortnite competitive via video that garnered 60,000 views, 4,500 hits, um, multiple retweets, like hundreds upon hundreds of retweets, which is really crazy. Uh, but then you have BallsyW jumping in. He says, vouch. Uh, Comp Fortnite is one of the most draining games out there. Official matches, especially customs, are very tiring. The fact that it happens here when it would be unacceptable in any other game isn't even as close to as strenuous as Fortnite is really bad. Uh, and then I even had to comment on that one as well. I said, honestly, I've been trying to push more third-party tournament organizers to consider five games for this reason as well. Because I already see the stress levels of six yeah. or eight games. I'm already trying to push for five. And then I said, from a talent perspective, it's intensive casting six to eight games. I can imagine the added stressors that come with needing to perform regularly as well. And then I wrote at the bottom, we live, we learn, right? Because I'm sure, again, Epic has taken big note of this and... Uh, yeah, it was it was it was huge. And then you have some people here even here defending Blast because they say, "Hey, listen, Blast had nothing to do with the format. We only produced yeah. the tournament for the broadcast." Cuz you know, people people blur the lines of like what the organizers' wishes are or and then the client, right? And the client in this this regard being Epic. Like Epic sets the law here. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, uh that boils down to everything, right? Cuz we've we've been a part of tournaments, obviously you and I in the past where they try to blame the people behind the scenes when in reality, it's not them. I mean, the most notable example of that is how the community will come after Connor anytime they do a Chipotle event because he was a part of the first one and not any of them since. Like, they will, like, come after Connor. Like, what it's is so this format? <laughs> but, and Connor's like, bro, I have nothing to do with this. Not, not to mention, Connor's, like, brought on as a freelance uh, administrator, right? Connor being our one of our head producers now at Practice Server. Back in the day, he was our lead admin guy, but now he's he's one of our head producers here at Prac. Uh, yeah, they, they basically... They blame whoever is the face, uh, which is kind of yeah. kind of happens, I guess, across uh, any any industry. But yeah, we definitely see it here within Fortnite. Uh, I feel like more than in other places uh, because again, it's it's a predominantly kids that kind of come up with these conclusions, and uh, yeah, they echo chamber pretty loudly here. So what's uh, what's <laughs> the balls rolling? It, it kind of doesn't get let go at that point. But yeah, that was that was basically Grand Royale recap in, in a sense that the stressful qualifier tainted what otherwise was like an amazing experience when it came down to the content level. So let's get to the actual Grand Royale itself, right? So moving past the, the crappy format, stressful format week is over. Um, We get to the prizing. Biggest prizing we've seen since World Cup. The community's buzzing about it. And then the games happen. We had some really, really good games in EU. Um, Competitive games were Taysen and his trio. What was it? His, his I think his 6X winning a major tournament the for the sixth time this year ladies and gentlemen there have only been eight major tournaments this year uh or, yeah. or sorry i think i think it was eight this year and he took four of them so he has a, a i think a 50 or over 50 percent win rate in majors this year alone so Tayson undoubtedly right now is being crowned as like the guy on eu yeah and there's a fun fact about it right not just eu this is across the board here for eu na east na west right all three of the players that won in each region have the same amount of FNCS wins as the other region. So 
Taysen, six. Oh, so it was um, six. My gosh. I, yeah, Taysen, uh, six. I, I think, uh, hold on. Let me pull up the actual stat here from Aussie Antics because he put it out and he put it pretty, pretty well. It was like each player, Epic Whale obviously being, oh no, it was, that's what it is. It's this year's FNCS win. So Taysen, uh, the four time, Chapix, two time, Hen, two time. And East was Miro four time, Dukes two time, Buga two time. Wow. But I think West are oh so West didn't account, but all three winning teams on NA East, EU, and NA West went into day two of the competition in third place. So just like weird coincidences added up, but man, it was an incredible weekend. We watched EU just so close. I think every region was literally just so close down to the final game. I know personally I was on West and like it was just literally point for point. They were exchanging eliminations like there was first and second place. They were one point off and then one team would get an elimination. The other team would get an elimination and it was like close, close, close. And then it was like down to the top 12 and one of the teams went down and, and that was the defining factor. That was like the moment that we knew who won, right? But up until that point, we had no clue. Yeah, between between uh, last season's actual FNCS finals and then leading into this grand, uh, the Grand Royale finals right here, like these are some of the most stacked games we've ever seen. Uh, cast it over and just have the the intensity like coming into the finals, like season after season, uh, which doesn't happen very often in Fortnite. It's very easy to have a, a blow away train essentially. Like we saw that. Uh, on the previous season, uh, FNCS with the EU region, but like NA East, NA West lived up to the uh, to the uh, to the hype, to the expectations. This Grand Royale, we had three of the broadcasted major seasons all back to back have literally that same level of excitement. I mean, like you just mentioned from Aussie stats, there uh, it, it was it was incredible to watch, and then kind of coming into those last games, like you said, these star studded teams that the the main main portions of the community are rooting behind, right? Like these are like fan favorites. Uh, going into day two in third place just means that they had that uphill battle and, and they overcame at the very end, which yeah. is ridiculous. So Grand Royale was awesome for talent. It was awesome for anyone that walked away with that big, big cash money. It was stressful forever. Did not qualify in, obviously. <laughs> uh, but that that was, I guess, the, the summary of the comp side of things. Uh, but yeah. there was something else. We kicked it off very special. We had... The FNCS Competitive Year announced on the Friday for what was coined the Hype Hour. Now, I don't know about you, but I was giddy sitting in the seat, just basically prepping up for this thing because as talent, uh, as people behind the scenes, usually know what's coming on the show. But this is like one of the first times in rare instances where we absolutely had no idea about what was going to yeah. be announced. Yeah, it's funny. Um, I I was actually doing a wine tasting because we had friends come into town, and it was it was one of our friends' birthday. We went we went out. We had did this wine tasting, and I'm sitting there at the table with my phone on, watching you guys go through <laughs> these announcements and like having the same reactions too. Like the first thing right off the gate was the duo uh, FNCS complete comp year. So we know for a fact going into 2022, the entire competitive year is going to be duos for FNCS. So that's the first announcement. And I'm like, I'm excited. I'm pumped, right? Like, and then to watch that in that kind of unique format with that hype hour was really cool because they had not really done anything like that, I want to say, in the past. So 
it was exciting to to be able to watch it as a viewer. And again, like Monster mentioned, sometimes, most like like usually, we have some kind of like indication what's going to happen. Like, no, they we had rehearsals. They didn't mention it. They didn't tell us. Like, we just didn't know. So it was fresh, exciting announcements taking place when we were live. Like. None it, of us knew. It, 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 was, it was a super, super cool experience. But I want to dive a little deeper into, yeah, the actual announcements. Break it down for those folks at home. Uh, maybe maybe you missed out on the, the hype hour. Maybe you didn't catch the, you know, the, the full summary of what all went down. So uh, let's talk about Duo FNCS being the main competitive game mode and, and what, I guess, the significance behind that, right? Because we're coming out of right now a year of consistent trios and they're I want to say there's two sides of this coin because there really is. Um, on, on one side of it, it's great that we had a consistent game mode. On the other side, I'm not going to lie, I'm sick of trios and casting over trios. Now, does that mean when duos comes around, by the time the year is over, I'm going to be sick of duos? I don't think so. Because for me, personally, I'm more of a fan of duos inherently to kick things off. Like The reason I even stopped creating content around Fortnite was because there were no solos and duos competitions to cover. You get what I'm saying? So for me, yeah, like this last year was stressful, like because I wasn't crazy about trios. Um, so leaning in and, and having the announcement of duos, I personally feel like, and the community definitely felt like this is a fresh breath of air. Um, but don't get me wrong, there were definitely those pr uh, pro players that are like, bro, like we we finally like we've been figuring it out. Like this year of trios has been my best placements ever. Like this is my kind of game mode. So, yeah. you know, we, we kind of have, like, the struggle, right? The conflict between what the pros want and, I guess, what the other pros want and what the rest of the scene wants. Um, and then you have, like, community figures talking about Switch is bad. But but is it in a game like Fortnite? Yeah, I think it was kind of like 70-30 uh, as, as far as percentages go. 70% of the community was hyped. It's a different game mode. It's duos. Like, duos is a fan favorite. Um, and with a unique format, which we'll talk about here in a second. So duos is is good, right? And then there's 30% that are either like, I want solos. I want to keep trios because we're like, we're doing it like, like you mentioned, one game mode works. And then there's the people that just complain about everything and it doesn't matter what Fortnite <laughs> says. They're always going to have that, that negative opinion. But in my opinion, duos, like you said, will always be exciting. From start to finish in the year, it will be exciting. And I think... Trios was kind of drawn out in the sense that we had a trios event take place in the end of 2020, and then the entirety of 2021 was also trios. So it's not even like it was just one year of trios. It's like one and a quarter years of trios. So now that's finally like transitioning over to duos. It's going to be interesting. I know we got new format, like uh, a match point format for finals, which will be super interesting for teams like Cami Seti are well, obviously consistent teams like the trios, Cami Seti Antique and, and Epic Whale, Arkham, and whoever they decide to play with that day. Um, but it it is uh unique in the sense that finally, for the first time, you can go into a tournament and all 12 games aren't required to be played out because of that match point format. Yeah, let's and let's take a little bit of a deep dive here into the match point format, which is a part of this announcement, uh, guys, that happened on Friday. The match point format in the too long don't read version of it is there's two ways to reach 
essentially a, a, a conclusion to the tournament and be crowned the champion. Um, I guess roadmap number one, win two games and reach said threshold of total points and the tournament is over. So this means that within your 12 games in a hypothetical world, you win game one, game two, play second the two games after that, and then have like a ridiculous amount of eliminations. Who knows? You could literally meet the qualification winning point threshold and close the tournament out in a single day. And then that's it. Everyone else has to just kind of deal with it. Um, yeah. And then obviously version number two, no one meets the thresholds. No one gets two victory royales and said a bonus. And we play the full 12 games out in that, you know, whatever points you accumulate is what you accumulate. Now, what gets this really interesting and very exciting is because think about it, man. We get to get in this caster moment, right? Obviously, game one, whoever takes that first victory, oh, brother, we're going to be keeping close eyes on them to see if they can get another win or not. Um, and you have pros like Saf actually basically champion the, the format. Like, finally, Epic is actually rewarding wins now. Yeah, I think it's overdue. I think... Um... We, we've seen this format time and time again where everything is about the eliminations or the focus, at least for these players, is all about the eliminations. So this will be a huge change um, for the scene entirely. But one thing I want to mention, I personally don't think Matt, with the match point format, there will be any way that you can finish it in a day unless you win like all six games or something crazy. But I think it's it's made to go into day two with the potential that you could finish it out in game one or game two of day two, if that makes sense. Like, I just feel like it, it would make it, or at least this is my opinion, I guess, on how it should go, not necessarily how it will go. Cause obviously we don't know, but I think it, it should always go into day two, but it, you should go into day two being like, this team only needs 50 points and the tournament's over, right? Like things like that. Listen, I'm totally with you. I'm excited for the new point format, the, the match point format to come. Um, it, it's it's going to be crazy, and I agree with you. There's no way that the point threshold is low enough for it to be reached in a single day unless you are just abnormal, like playing at an abnormal level. And even at, and then at that point, you should probably just be the champion anyway. So it just makes <laughs> sense, right? So, um, it, But again, take it with a grain of salt. It's probably not going to launch perfect. The threshold's... Who knows? They might be too low. They might not be tweaked perfectly. I think they will be where they need to be because um, the the crew behind the data, right, of Epic and of Fortnite is my boys over at Prodigy Analytics. These guys are smart. They have so much data. I mean, you yeah. see the cool stuff they're spitting out on the regular, on the main broadcast. They have, they, they have it figured out. I'm sure they've been thinking about this, and I'm happy we get to test it out leaning into New Year. Now, here's something to think about, though. Was it smart of Epic to announce, basically, fully commit out the gate right now so early to say, yes, we're keeping duos all year long. We're doing match point format. This is this, this is that, and this is that. Was that a good idea? Because part of me just feels like, man, maybe it would have been better if we would have just taken it like one step at a time, right? Because we don't, we don't know if it's going to work. Yeah. Uh, so, so this is my take on it, right? I think they left enough flexibility in the options to make changes throughout the year. I don't think like, cause they said, yes, we're doing a match point format, but they didn't say what that match point format is. Like they didn't give exact numbers to points. And uh, they did say, I think two games, but they didn't give like an exact number of points overall. 
that would crown the victors, right? So I think um, it really comes down to how they adjust throughout the year. Because we could go into it, because mind you, February is actually the first FNCS back. We got that announced as well. So it's not going to be a, um, a, a long gap uh, like we've been used to in previous years between like competitive seasons. No, this is relatively close. And so with it happening in February, we're going to get that first taste of it. But also the, the, the semifinal and qualifier uh, format has been adjusted as well. Like we're, we've been talking about match point because that affects finals, but like qualifiers are, are only two. There's only two qualifiers and they all happen consecutively. Yeah, the qualifiers are also very, very interesting. They're different this season because now, as opposed to before, we had four broken up heats, which was terrible for broadcast because we literally had to choose. Uh, so it was like a, a coin flip what, what you were going to get a cast <laughs> over it, and there was so much content left on the table. Now we have one single heat. And inside the single heat, the way it's going to be casted over, the way it's going to be showcased on stream, all the games will be played out, and... The most consistent teams move on, but if you win a game, basically within the heat, you punch your way to finals. So it is yeah. very different. I think it's much more exciting. I think we struck a, a pretty cool balance between like everyone's going to be so significant, but we won't get teams like, let's say, edgy uh, rise. And, and was it threats this season that didn't make yeah. it to finals like that? That is easily a finalist team, guys. But because they didn't get a win in the reboot round, format they did not get to go to finals this season so we saw a lot of that shake up in the community like basically a worlds where some of the greatest teams just didn't get to participate in the year closeout because they couldn't get a win um so so the new format even even the roadmap getting to finals for fncs i think that's a that's a huge w yeah i agree i think it's good balance uh, of everything that we've seen because like we just talked about we talked about the stressful qualifiers from grand royale and they were stressful because it was all about the win there was consecutive games. It was long days. Like it was just different, right? But now the qualifier process, while it is back to back, I think uh, qualifier one and qualifier two. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, it's like four days in a row is the way that it's going to work, and and so it's going to be interesting to see how they do back to back qualifiers, uh, and then go into a semifinals and then go into finals. So it's like a three week process for both two qualifiers, semifinals, and finals. So it'll seem like over the overall process is very fast, but I think in reality it's healthy. And I think it's a very healthy change for what we will see moving forward. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I don't believe I've seen any pros really complaining about uh, the fact that there's a single heat now and, and the way things yeah. are going to work out moving forward. So I'm excited for it. We'll see how it sort of you know begins to take shape. Again, this is right around the corner, guys. Coming into early February, this will be pretty much uh, kicking off. Um, what happens between now and February, February, though, is very, very cool because a part of their announcements were also that they are bringing back daily cash cups or daily cups. I don't even want to call them cash cups because yeah. these are a variety of cups now, right? They're they're catering to contenders cups now. Like there are going to be divisional cups. There's going to be champion cups. They're changing the way solo cash cups actually work, right? All solo cash cups now will be two-day formats. Um, yeah. and only rewarding players that win money on basically the second day. So things are really taking a step up. Like if you look at what was announced for the competitive season to come versus any of the previous years and where we began, like we are talking a significant competitive improvement across the board. 
um, regardless of how what people think about like the total pricing or anything like that, because that wasn't really given away. Like we're just talking like strictly like format and stuff. It, it, we are in such a much healthier, much more competitive space. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think um, daily cups is really interesting, but I think what they're going to do is, and they kind of talked about it, right? Is they they're going to provide more support for tournament organizers, and they're going to find ways for these third party tournaments to fill gaps in the daily cups. I don't believe if that it. makes sense. You don't think so? I do not believe it. First of all, <laughs> there's more cups every single day, and yes, although they said we're going to support more tournament organizers. I don't see a world where those quote unquote daily slots like you're mentioning are filled by actual third parties. I think this issue that there is no calendar dates for tournament organizers like myself at practice server, uh, shoot, yeah. even DreamHack or any organization that just wants to spin something up. I just really, really think that we are going to be massively conflicted more this year than ever with the calendar timeline. That's just me though. For all I know, there could be like every season a Hard carve out a week at the beginning, two weeks at the end, whatever, right? And they they make it work. But daily cups, cash cups, trios, whatever, like all this, that stuff scares me personally. I think that it creates more on the timeline. I think they're trying to create a system where um, there's almost like a priority involved, right? Like, hey, you don't have to play the cash cup because there's this going on too. I think they want to kind of incentivize you know, things to happen at the same time and not necessarily one thing happening at any singular time. But that makes sense. I don't I don't think there's enough room. I don't think there's enough players. Yeah, I think that's that's part of the problem. But uh, I guess and we'll talk about this more at the end. But with with a new season coming and, and so many hints at like how big this new season is going to be, I think it could potentially revitalize the game even competitively as long as they execute on everything to perfection, right? I, I've already seen on the timeline people wanting to to come back into competitive Fortnite. There's even Poach joking about coming well, back and, and, and some of these other players that we've seen leave, and now they're actually considering, like, stepping back into the Fortnite scene. Yeah, and one of the pros of that, like, guys, finding a duo is easy. I can ask, you know, my cousin to come play with me, right? Now we're a duo. Like, getting a trio, kind of hard. Now I need two cousins. Mm -hmm. Now, me, I'm Hispanic. I'm not going to have a problem <laughs> finding them. But, you know, not everybody's, you know, this, this is an issue. Trios is a harder game mode. Like, like squads and trios is just tougher to find more people. There's more variables involved. So, getting duos, um, yeah, it, it's easier for pros to find a duo. And it's probably easier for you to build that synergy, you know, have that, have that, um, the, the, the rapport with one another, right? Because the thing about trios yeah. You have a, a three-man relationship. You have a three-man conversation and dynamic going on. It becomes harder. Have you ever been in a relationship with three people? No. It's the reason why most people are in just like singular <laughs> duo relationships, right? It's just easier. So when you get the third party or the third person involved, um, it becomes harder. It's just everything has to click. It, it complicates the situation. So I, I think for a lot of reasons, we're going to have uh, a much higher turnout with uh, players this season for a comp. Yeah, I, I hope so. I, I really do. And and I think uh, this this next year is going to be one of those peak moments for Fortnite. I think everybody's talked about like, oh, is World Cup the peak? Like, will it ever come back? 2022 is shaping to be the year that Fortnite makes a huge comeback. So I'm not saying it's going to peak like World Cup did, but it's going to be close. Like, it is going to be an exceptional year. And part of that is to the last announcement or the last teaser, I guess, 
of the whole hype hour, Zeke in the final moments at the very end saying, hey, listen, while we can't necessarily say we're going to have a, a World Cup or any kind of land prepared, like planned now, just know that we're looking and we're trying and try and then Lumen tweeting out, trust the process. So mm, bo- yeah, both of them teasing. hinting, they're hinting at, at something potentially happening in 2022, but obviously they can't promise anything. It's so hard with, with COVID and everything and the specific health guidelines that you got to follow for public events to, to promise something like that. But at least it's nice to know that they are trying. Yeah, and one thing I really did love about that final announcement, the, the, the basically the teaser about lands returning is that um, Zeke said something very important. He said, we are already testing the, the waters with land. Uh, mm-hmm. As you, He said something along the lines like, as you may have seen, we're already testing the environment of in-person events coming back. Now, where uh, an official major from us may not be on the cards right now, we're watching a close eye on what these third-party organizers are doing. So that means they are allowing DreamHack, you know, like like we saw and we covered in the last episode, DreamHack land to come back and return. And what, what does that look like? What, how does that play out? You know, like what, what's the impact of that? They are allowing people to do it. I'm assuming you have to come with like one heck of a fleshed out plan and like the, the, the space has to be right. The state has yeah. to approve it, right? There has to be all these things in place. Um, you know, the guideline wise and, and to, to fall within the lines and the means to activate, but they're testing it. They're keeping an eye out. They're gathering data. Um, here's the thing. And this might be a hot take. This might be against the green. And you know, I'm okay with lands not turning back online. I know the entire world of Fortnite for the most part, like, I feel like there's not enough people that are willing to speak up because like, you know, you're going to get roasted if you say you don't want lands to return just yet because there's a pandemic going on. But I'm one yeah. of those people. I'm totally fine. I believe in this damn pandemic. Some people don't, uh, and I'm not gonna get <laughs> into that. But like, hey, man, I, I really, I'm genuinely concerned sometimes for um, how quickly things are coming back online in the world. Uh, no, I don't think that you know this is, is everyone should be on doomsday mode and we should be in in bunkers or anything. Um, but I do yeah. think we should try carefully, right? So I, I'm I'm cool with Epic taking their time. I'm not in a rush. Yeah, and I mean, this is perfect. We talked about the DreamHack thing happening. I think it's happening like this week in Sweden. Wait, was um, it today? 23rd? Wait, was it today? Am I tripping? Hold up. No, you you Hold just keep up. talking. Yeah. All right, I got this. <laughs> Hold up. But no, like we have other DreamHack events coming out in February. We don't know if there's an official land uh, plan for that DreamHack event yet, but that's another one coming up that was announced kind of at the same time as the Sweden event. And then you have the Twitch event that was announced. Um which is an in-person Fortnite land event. So like there, there's, there's tests and we know these tests are happening. We, that's what Zeke Ooh. mentioned by, Oh, we're testing it out, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. November 25th. Okay. So I knew it was the okay. 20th. Today's the 23rd. I, knew it was guys. This week. I was like, so it had it's to November 20th. Literally we're two days away guys. We're recording here November 23rd, um, two days away. So next episode, we'll definitely get some kind of post, uh, details of what all unfolded at, at DreamHack Winter. Um, already announced, by the way, DreamHack Winter is not going to be covered in any capacity on official broadcasts and stuff like that. So, you yeah. know, like, like that's all out there. So I don't know, like, who's going to show up? Who's going to post content? How are we going to know what, uh, you know, comes from this? Um, I'm hoping that, yeah, in some way, shape, or form, this this memorable moment is captured and, and we get something to celebrate from it. Uh, already, like, kind of word, I, I guess, around the pro community is, you know, this is not a real land, you know, because all the big boys aren't showing up, etc. But I don't know. 
I think it's I think it is. I think we can count it. I think it's gonna allow people to earn some stripes, get some reps under their belt, and you know, we might see a new emerging star soon. So yeah, I mean, look, uh, as far as it's quote-unquote not a real LAN, like DreamHack is a real tournament organizer. They're a big, a notable tournament organizer, and they're hosting something. Nope, so it's still not LAN. enough. <laughs> it's for this community, man. Sometimes it's crazy, enough. but it's not like it's, it's Jimbo Bob like going and, and opening up his, his like backyard for people to come play an event. Like DreamHack is DreamHack. Like this is not arguable like they they've hosted top three events throughout the year right because when when you look at fncs right like that's obviously number one all the fncs events and then number two is like all the dreamhack stuff that's been put on they they literally play it through the through the the actual in-game compete tab like there's a lot that goes into dreamhack so they're notable people need to understand that just because the prize pool is it hundreds of thousands of dollars it is still a, an event nonetheless and it is one of those tests that zeke hinted at so let's let's hope that it goes well and as a community we need to band together and not just destroy it before it's fully over because when you do that it makes fortnite look at it like well it's probably not worth us doing something if they're just going to have this response yeah that is true and hey listen guys dreamhack is as official as official as it gets like across this game title across other game titles these they're one of the most successful to ever do it uh, in the esports space and one of the most longest standing to ever do it i think they're approaching 20 years in the space or something like that which is crazy yeah. uh so yeah they've, they've been here since the beginning and they're still here uh, we'll, we'll see what happens though we'll definitely see what happens i'll tell you this ladies and gentlemen i mean my passport is still good for another i think five more years so when epic gives me the call and it's time to roll out ah your boy is out i'm rolling out all right, so I'll I'll be wherever yeah, we real. need to be. Um, but yeah, like I like I said, man, your boy monster. I'm not in a rush, man. We'll, we'll see where it goes. Um, so that that was man, that was Grand Royale. Those were the announcements. Uh, just just kind of summarized, put put in a little box, uh, or uh, honestly, put in a big box, put in a suitcase. How about that? Because we're gonna be traveling soon, potentially. <laughs> so and and they were all good, and the community for the most part turned out to be very positive about it. They were definitely bummed down uh, that there wasn't. A, any, I guess, attention brought to the World Cup. We were instructed as talent, hey, man, don't bring up the World Cup because, you know, like 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 they mentioned, we let, left it to the hands of Zeke to talk about lands and how, you know, that entire topic's going to start to develop coming into New Year. Um, other big things that happened, though, as we start to get into the drama of the week, Team Extra and Team 33 under scandals and just all kinds of issues going on here. Uh, let's start with Team Extra. Uh, Panda, do oh, you want to you want to take the floor in this and break it down? This is some real, you know, sensitive stuff that that kind of went down here, and we'll try to, you know, yeah. we'll filter this to 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 make it make sense to get the story across to you all. But basically, Team Extra messed up. Well, number one, you know when Keemstar shows up for the uh, and talks about the Fortnite community, it's bad. Oh yeah. Right? So Team Extra, uh, a, a, a reputable org on the scene, uh, actually probably one of the more established starter orgs or startup orgs so to speak in the fortnite space and uh they made a huge misstep which resulted in their entire roster disappearing and them deactivating their twitter and for something like that to happen it has to be huge so let me break it down for you there was a a content creator by the name of jeff on the team he uh, experienced uh some some 
I don't know if we can say the full term on a podcast, like, but like SA, if you know what SA stands for, then you know what happened. Like something very, very serious. He was serious. assaulted. Yes. Yeah, he was assaulted. Um, and so uh, he was assaulted. And in his mind, he wanted to do everything that he should to report this assault. So he went through the, the proper authorities. He got a police report. He did the, the, the kits that they require in those situations. Uh, handed over any kind of evidence that they needed, et cetera. And then the next step in his mind was that he wanted to to make his story known and make it public because as a creator, it, you kind of like, you kind of want to be at the face of anything that comes out publicly. You don't right. want to be the person finding out that it came out from somewhere else. So he decided that he was going to share a story and, he, and the first person or the first people he went to were the heads of Extra and was like, hey, I want to tell this. And one of the people, I believe his name was Conley. I, again, yes, Conley. All the, Conley, all, all these Twitters are like deactivated or privated. Like they, they definitely went on a, on a, on a back foot approach, but they, he went to Conley, told him, said, this is what's happening. I want to make the statement. And Conley's like, I support you, but you need to distance yourself from, uh, from extra basically like applying a bit of pressure right to to not say it like or it's either say it and lose your spot on extra or or just keep it to yourself and you can keep having your extra team name like life right yeah and and here's the thing team extra is supported by a major organization and investor in subnation and all yeah. the resources that comes from subnation being now like i'm assuming a majority share or some kind of big ownership share of the team because they were helping them, you know, basically work their way towards facilities, sponsoring a bigger player payouts, right? And things yeah. like that. So that's how they earned back the player like re and day. They were able to afford these big player contracts and things like that. So we're talking about a team that was very much established and on the rise here. Um, and that was, an, you know, basically an advocate and a voice in the space. But to have that lack of human interest or, or decency to, you know, really care about the people on their team and be so self-centered uh, in, a, in a time and situation like that called for some major backlash after the story was broken from Jeff. And he, he basically came out like he couldn't. He, he couldn't believe the situation that he was put in, right? And he wanted to talk about it uh, because things yeah. like this and situations like this eat at people differently, right? And everyone deals with these kind of stressors uh, very much differently. And when you have an organization supposedly supposed to be your foundation, your brothers, your supporters, right? The people, your friends that are supposed to be there for you in a time of need and you go to them and you confide in them and then you have them honestly just spit in the face of the, the all the trust that you thought you guys you know, have there, uh, right? And then that camaraderie, yeah. uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like that is what kind of led to the situation. And um, yeah, it's, it's heartbreaking, man, to see people uh, put su like such self-interest in front of them before um, anything else. And like, honestly, it probably would have just been better publicity for them, as, as silly as this may sound, guys. Yeah, They're looking at it from this negative lens. Oh my gosh, it's going to ruin our reputation. We don't want to be a part of this because we get it, man. A male in a situation like this, you know, being... In, they're having their intimacy violated right like that, that's a big deal and it's not something that happens very often let alone publicly spoken about but like this kind of negative stuff is as you know bad as it may sound probably would have worked out better for their brand more eyes on their brand etc so they screwed up big time man by their approach um 
But I want to talk about their quote unquote disappearance, their PR forward facing, you know, basically, I don't want to curse on the podcast or anything, but like it flares me up. Their BS messaging, right? They're, they're real yeah. like nonchalant about just trying to uh, release an apology and then vanish. Like, I think that's such a sucker move. And honestly, if you're a CEO of a company, if you're supposed to be the kind of person that wants to be at the helm of esports and the forefront of this community, like, own up to your mistakes, right? Like, like hello? They could have just admit that they were wrong. And we're talking about uh, Sly and Conley here. And, and instead of just, like, disappearing, I don't know. It, it, it kind of makes me feel even worse that they just act like nothing ever happened. Oh, yeah, sorry, guys. And then basically, poof, gone, right? Like, then to go what? To go, like, invest silently in some other company or something like that, right? Like, like yeah. it's, it's not enough for me. No, I couldn't agree more. I think just disbanding extra number one is a problem, right? I think that what they should have done is immediately, like, immediately when the story came out, and mind you, the story came out through Keemstar, so you already know it's amplified. A huge tenfold. platform. Like, it, it, it's one thing if Jeff were to put out a twit longer to the, like, to, like, the six to 10,000 people he has on his Twitter, right? The whole nother thing when Keemstar with six million or five million subscribers creates an entire video about your story so when it was distributed it was obviously amplified in a huge way more people saw it more eyes on it so extra didn't know how to handle it and their first response should be conley removed immediately and and cannot justify the behavior of conley number two sly needs to step down as well they were both involved in it it's a huge misstep on their part and they were the reason for it now, what you need to do is, is in the next couple of weeks, leave Extra as a brand alive and actively look for a positive figure to take over it and revamp the brand. Like Extra was, was and I even see it to this day where players from the team still tweet about like, man, I really miss the family, like the family aspect of Extra. Yep. Like they had a really good thing going for them. And this one misstep royally ruined it. Like, so extra as a brand. Well, still like I said, so it's potential. it's not even, in my opinion, it wasn't ruined. You just have some scummy people at the top, which is going to yeah. happen. Like, you know what I mean? Like, let's be honest. Like, if if that's the kind of individual that's leading your organization, yes, maybe people don't want to co-line with them. Get them out of there. The brand is salvageable. The brand is fine. You just have a, a trash person, a trash human at the top. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I I I I would love to see what like the the backers, the sponsor, Subnation, and those guys feel like in this kind of situation to have this whole thing just shut down because you know part of me knows that you're not gonna give up. They're gonna come back soon, and maybe they maybe yeah. they make you know darken the curtains here. We're gonna get some new people relaunch or whatever, right? But I don't know, man. I would really love to know. And guys, you might be wondering like, hey, this is just cancel culture. How do you know it's true? Yada yada. We've seen and heard there's there's not video but there's like audio recordings and there's you know tons of a video of footage it. of like the chat room right the way they were talking to the people as people were like leaving the group chat and their team was basically crumbling before their 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 eyes um there was no sincere like apology in the group chats or like it was really it was weird guys um yeah. you could tell they knew they messed up and they, they were ready to just throw the flag out the gate it felt like uh and that was kind of what they did so um yeah that that was team extra and that was a whole lot of extra nonsense too that we had to deal with yeah. for the week. I I didn't get involved in it 
Um, one thing I do want to say to the platform that we have here and the listeners, um, there was also some other, I'll just call them like snakes out there that were willing to use this this tragedy as an opportunity for clout and impressions mm -hmm. and buffing up their orgs. And like, dude, I wasn't feeling that. I'll be honest. Uh, if something crazy like this is going to happen, if you don't have something to say to the to the victim that's going to you know benefit them, which you're probably not because... What can you really say to someone like this in this situation publicly? Probably nothing, yeah. right? Like you leave that for a DM. Um, don't use these opportunities for impressions. And that's what people were doing. So a lot of people lost my respect this weekend. Some people just don't know when to just, you know, keep their mouth shut, keep their, their nose out of the business. You know, you can keep your opinions to yourself. I mean, maybe you have a platform like ours on a podcast. You talk about it more in depth. You don't use it for Twitter likes, in my opinion, right? Like and things like no. that. And we saw a lot of well, that this weekend. That, that had me also equally furious. Yeah, and I mean, there's one culprit that that kind of took the oh, let's take advantage of this this situation to a whole nother level, and it was the the organization. We can talk about it. Team Thirty Three literally signed, like went out of their way to throw a ton of money at like Jeff and and other people to sign them and and get all the the impression focus on, of the situation towards them i think um they signed a, a, a like a lot of players i know snacky one of the best west players he was on extra now over on on 33 like they literally tried to sign every player that was on the roster now mind you like team 33 like is in a weird spot right now they're this org that's growing rapidly they're backed by by like People that are from the music space trying to get into gaming. They have a lot of like like music producers behind the scenes that are like very close with like major artists and labels and stuff that are creating this org and they're just throwing money at everybody, but they're not necessarily really solid people behind the scenes. Tons of like stories came out about them and people brushed it off. And then this happens, and it's just like, guys, like, how is this not the biggest red flag that this org is just shady? Yeah, there's there's so much surrounding this org that has a negative light on it that uh, it just makes it a very interesting one. Um, I've had my own personal experiences with them. Um, nothing negative per se, right? So I'm not I'm not here to like bash them or anything like this. Obviously, all this stuff that's coming out is very much opinionated. But at what point do all of these opinions have a little bit of truth behind it that makes you kind of wonder, right, and think about uh, what exactly is going on over here? Um, yeah. I think Keemstar also, interestingly enough, he had the, his, his lanes on Fortnite. He called them out, too. He goes to their website um, because of their disingenuous landing page about their quote-unquote team house actually just being an Airbnb that's rentable. And on their <laughs> landing page, they have forward-facing tons of celebrities that may or may not have, at one point, not backed their organization by any means, but probably just rented out this luxury apartment that they have or condo or whatever it is yeah. in L.A. or wherever the heck is located. So very, very uh, disingenuous marketing tactics coming out of them uh, over at Team 33. And even if it's not disingenuous, you have... At what point, um, at what point do your morals stand between your business and like you know, like what's right and what isn't right, right? Like, at what point do morals come between, 
uh, your cash flow essentially, or the opportunity to make some cash or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. You guys get what yeah. I'm trying to say. I don't have the words for this one, but um, <laughs> right, like like uh, just morals. Yeah, one one thousand percent. And the problem with these two organizations making these big missteps is now the community is looking at these these newer organizations, and they're starting to mistrust them. Right, like they're they're not fully invested in the idea of these new organizations anymore. So so teams, great teams like like TNA, OA, both probably going to to get hit with some some negative light, even yeah. though they didn't do anything wrong, right? But people now are are looking at what's happening with Team 33, Team Extra, and because they're not one of those established five or ten organizations at the top, right? It's going to be even tougher for them to break through that threshold because of the mistakes of these other organizations, which just sucks because behind the scenes, TNA, OA, great people. They're doing big things, but now they have to suffer for the scummy people behind other other huge scandals like these. I agree. I agree. It, it spreads this uh, this dark blanket over the calm that's going to leave a, again, a, a stigmatism, right? A continued stigmatism over the Fortnite community. There's always something happening in the Fortnite calm. This is just a, yeah. another thing. You know, you know, week after week, guys, we're bringing you these episodes. There's always, always something new. These guys keep us on our toes. <laughs> uh, so this is the this is the kind of stuff that's happening here. Uh, this is the kind of attention that was brought to the scene recently. Uh, the biggest stories, I guess, to break in. I definitely wanted to talk about them. Um, it, it's crazy. We have like the light and dark here. Like we have one of the the brightest moments happening in our com, and then like equally one of like the shadiest or like sketchiest. Like I think we've yeah. ever seen. So um, crazy the stark differences between the two. Uh, taking it back, just talking about how we've been entertained throughout the years. Uh, this is a story that might have slipped us at one point. I think I thought this was a pretty fun one to kind of bring up because um, uh, Courage was recording a podcast, right? Uh, you, oh, it you was said, a YouTube video. He was doing a YouTube video for um, Hot Wings here, right, Panda? And, it was uh, like his own version. Okay, okay, like yeah. A, so a, Take a me through. I don't, I don't have all the details. You kind of brought this one to the table. I thought it was definitely cool to talk about. Yeah, talk to me about Courage, man, and this, this story that kind of probably would have been a big deal way back when, but I guess it's been long enough. You can kind of bring it up. Yeah, I got you. No. So what happened was Courage JD puts out a Hot Ones video. So kind of ripping off the the Hot Ones series that we've seen with, um, I forgot his name, but I know his first name, Sean. But wildly popular concept on YouTube. Courage takes it and puts it on his own YouTube channel, right? So he's eating hot wings. He's getting asked these questions. And clearly, you have to remember, these questions are like premeditated. They're not just something that like came up on the spot. So I have a feeling Courage knew this question was going to be asked. Right. But he was asked, um, was he fired from the Fortnite broadcast team for his infamous F the Mex clip from season <laughs> X? And in, in the moment, he goes, well, kind of, yes. They came to me. They said, uh, due to this clip, I, I, we have to remove you from the broadcast for season X. Um, but we are m more than willing to entertain uh, more shows with you in the future, right? Is essentially what they said. And then Courage looks at the camera and he goes, but they ne but I never was on another Fortnite broadcast again. So, th and that was funny to me because this is like a sleeper story that was never, ever really talked about. Um, I guess the timing for it was kind of perfect, right? Between him and Lupo, it was the end of the year, the last big season you know, whatever it may be. And then they both just decided to stop casting, maybe 
collectively. Well, I guess Courage was in a unique position. <laughs> he wasn't getting called back. <laughs> Lupo probably at that point was like, well, who else am I going to do with it, right? We kind of built up this whole rep. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Or for all I know, maybe they said, hey, man, Lupo, you too, bro. You got to go. You was in the team with him. You amplified it. You know what I mean? Like, we, we, we yeah. don't really know. Um, But, yo, Courage is a, is a good friend of mine. So is Dr. Lupo. Like, these, these are my boys, man. We had such amazing... Uh, stories, but I, I never, I genuinely never knew why. Uh, because his persona on social media, he's so adamant on like, hey man, like basically I'm stepping away, right? He took he took the story and he kind of made it his own thing um, as his opportunity to just like platform and segue off of this and announce his, his official retirement from talent. And you know what I mean? So like, it was just so, yeah. I think it was just so interesting how he took a negative situation um, and turned it into a positive one in a very different way. That allowed, like, kind of kept it under wraps. Not like the Aussie Antics, you know, version, <laughs> right? Like, it's just so different how two people were in the same situation, equally successful. It took a very different approach to that entire situation, which just leads me to just think about, man, I hate the internet, and I hate how clout works. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, I think, in my opinion, at the time, Courage took the appropriate response, right? Oh, absolutely. Didn't say anything. Like, it was super, super, like... Uh, calm, cool, collected about the situation. And and his brand, right, was booming. It was super successful. Like, it even kind of made more sense for him not to cast at the time, right? But then you have the Ossiantic situation where it was the actual, absolute opposite. Like, the meeting happens, and within five hours, the man is live talking about it. Like, and no, no hard feelings towards Aussie. Like, I respect his... His response in a way, like, like I get that he like wants to be a little bit more forward about it, but at the same time, it's like you don't have to say all that. Like, they they even asked, like, "Hey, can you like just like do with this information what you will?" But like, if you want to continue to work with us in, in the future, like, you have to have a certain approach to this. And and courage, while he did take that uh, take a solid approach. Aussie, on the other hand, was just like, "Let me go live." Dude, Aussie, Aussie went off the hinges. He said, "I'm building a, Bro. I'm building a platform off of this." And he later, and, and he did. Crazy oh yeah, thing, he absolutely did. And the crazy thing to me, like Aussie Antics, I've watched his YouTube videos since he's been doing it, right? Like for quite some time. And he went from this bubbly, like positive person to a super negative person after that event, right? Like. Literally, some of the stuff he says now in his videos were like, are like, well, okay, dude, like, calm down. It's kind of like those responses that we were talking about before from, like, orgs and stuff. Like, when when Epic makes a misstep, they are, like, the first to, like, drill in and just say some wild stuff. So, Aussie's kind of, like, in that, that zone now since he's been separate. So, like, I, I don't know. Like, look... When you are a part of a broadcast like that, you represent Epic Games. You have to expect them to have a response when you when you say something towards a player or, or something. It doesn't matter if it's on your personal social media, on on your stream, on their stream. Like it doesn't matter. Like you represent Fortnite in that instance. And yeah, you yeah. have to be supportive of it. And you become again, you become reflective to the brand, right? What you do mm -hmm. kind of you know what what you're doing, your morals fall in line with the sponsors that are backing you, right? In the in the platform you're giving yeah. you. Um so I mean, I agree. And 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 like courage, right? If he just like, man, mechs are just 
really making this this season unenjoyable. They need to nerf them. Like gave constructive criticism. <laughs> Guarantee you, yeah, he well, would have been on the broadcast. Like, and that would have been different. Well, here's the thing, though. Like the clip that happened, it was his pure and honest reason. You can't be mad at that. But what yeah. you can be, I guess, um, not mad at, but consciously you have to consciously decide after it happens yeah this is gonna get me a lot of impressions i'm uploading this you know what you're doing at that point in the heat of the moment that's totally different which like ozzy antics is a good example that his expression that happened in the heat of the moment he got in trouble for so i get why he was like bro i'm not gonna apologize for what people are clipping for something i said in real time but then again you could have apologized right but yeah for like courage is different because it's like it happened and then you clipped it and then i think he uploaded it so like yeah, he made a youtube yeah video, yeah you know, it's, clips, it's like, a little different he really he milked it he knew what he was doing it and it pissed epic off obviously for that for that situation um but like ozzy's a little different in the sense that he didn't he didn't necessarily take the clip of him bashing that player and want to put it on his twitter because he wanted impressions out of it it just it so happened to hit the radar of of the big Papa Epic, and then he wasn't willing to just be like, "All right, yeah, it was too much, my bad, right, or whatever." Bite the bullet on it. Uh, he just yeah. went against the the hand that was feeding at that time. So very different situations, but kind of the same. Because uh, <laughs> again, two different approaches on both sides. The way it happened, and the way it began, and the way it also ended, and the direction they both took. So yeah, it is. It is what it is at this point. Like, it, learn from it. These casters that that are new to the scene, that are stepping up to the plate, you got the the mini miners and, and et cetera of the world. Like, learn from this. Have a positive brand. Have a good outlook on everything. If you do have like a, a negative thought about something that's happening in Fortnite or whatever game you're representing, find a constructive way to share that information. Like, do things in a, in a way that is positive. Don't just like slam whatever's going on because it's the easiest thing to do on socials to get some likes right do what is right overall and trust me it will work better for you in the long run i mean that that's my final advice for that especially for like i said those new casters new people trying to step into the esports uh, casting space the analyst space like it is ripe for the taking just make sure you are positive and constructive with everything that you do Yep, it's uh, it's not what you say, it's how you say it sometimes, and that's really the mm -hmm. moral of the final story. But again, just a fun one, kind of hit the radar, we went on a bit of a tangent on how this affected both of these casters' <laughs> careers and their approaches, but, you know, why not Why not close out on some, uh, something like that? Uh, we, we've had a long episode today. What, what is our, our last thing here? Okay, okay, so before we get out of here, we're going we're gonna to round it all back. Uh, new season, inside new chapter. We kind of talked about it already, Panda. Um, but let's just close out with some some good old Fortnite news. Uh, talk to me about this, man. What, what are we getting in the new season? What are the speculations in the scene right now? Well, thank you to to Hypex and Co that are that are putting this out there. But the the event, the final se the season final event, the playlist has dropped, and the name of it is the end. Now, but up until this point, we had other hints, right? There was the the cube queen's pickaxe. Her the the description in the pickaxe was like this pickaxe is going to destroy this map. Like there there were other hints that were less obvious. This one is the first hint that is blatant. Mm. 
mm. that, that the playlist is the end, meaning that there's most likely another black hole disruption event that, that's going to take place for a couple days following the event. But the event itself is happening on December 5th. It's a Sunday. And from what I've seen on Twitter, it, it's going to be a couple days before the game's back. So it's probably going to be Tuesday or Wednesday, the 7th or the 8th before the game is back. So make sure to tune into that event. You know, I will be, I'm actually going to be in Florida at that time. So I'm going to be watching live streams or something um, of the event, but I'm definitely going to be tuning in, but it's going to be huge. I agree. I think we're going to have some cool stuff coming. You guys already know Epic does not let us down when it comes down to in-game events and how they, mm -hmm. you know, they, they package it out. They celebrate the cinematics, the, the cool seasonal closeout. We always get something really awesome. Um, Donald Mustard, Lumen, all these guys, man, they've been he uh, hinting at something cool happening. Uh, there's always something cool happening. So I'm looking forward to it, man, guys. Uh, we, got, we got the new chapter right around the corner. I, I will say, I think the next episodes, we're probably going to drop them, you know, every two weeks until things kind of spin back up because things are probably going to slow down. We'll, we'll aim for a weekly podcast if there's enough drama and stuff to cover. But for the most part, Epic kind of left this on like, hey, we'll see you in February kind of vibe, right? So maybe me and yeah. Panda took our break at the wrong time. But, uh, <laughs> here, you know, we'll, we'll do our best to keep you guys in the scene. Hop on in here, speculate with y'all, and uh, bring you guys that great content. Panda, let the people at home know where they can find you, man, what you're going to be up to, and all that good stuff. Yeah, man. So uh, I'm going to be pretty low-key. I'm going to be honest with you. I am uh, you too. next next month. Uh, I, I have a, an in-person event that I'm doing at Rutgers. Congrats, congrats. In, in New Jersey. So that's going to be fun. That's like my first uh, in-person event. Um, so that'll be cool. I'll be I'll be doing that. But outside of that, I'm just going to be hanging out. So the occasional stream here and there is going to be going through. Uh, I'm going to be traveling a little bit in December. Uh, so there will be a period of time where I probably won't be seen by the online so uh the socials but you know i'll be back don't you worry about it but um i can't wait find me or follow me for any kind of updates that i got going on twitter.com slash life w panda all right that's the place to be that's the place to find them ladies and gentlemen at home thank you guys for rocking with us we love rocking with you um yeah find me at monster d face across all social medias at fortnite podcast dot uh dot com at fortnitepodcast at gmail.com. Send all your complaints to me. We'll get around to it, man. We see what you guys are, are feeling and, and, and vibing out with. Um, and, and until next time, don't forget to dance out those kills and boast in those victory royales. Enjoy the episode, guys. Peace.